Some said they couldn't do it. Even more said <laughs> they probably shouldn't. But here they are, bringing you another episode of the Happy Zen Podcast. Welcome your hosts, Adam and Matt. Anyways, you think they could do another Expendables? Yes. One more. Yeah, you do one more. So is The Rock coming in now and just getting rid of some other people? Because he just does that. Like Fast and the Furious, they got rid of pretty much everybody and just kept him and Statham. I'm hoping for a Fast and the Furious Expendables crossover. However, the problem with that is there's characters that are in both. So specifically Jason Statham. No one would question it. No. He could literally he just, have a he hat. he play both? Or and he, not a hat. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to the extent where they don't even do a cut, he gets up, takes the hat off, turns around and pretends like he's a new character. Oi. And we would just be like, it's fucking Jason Statham. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. So we have a lot of cool things to talk about. No, we have three things to talk about and they're all cool. And thank Christ, because this week has been garbage meat for me. How about you? Yeah, actually, what what, what was my text message to you? Going to call the day quits until I read that James Gunn is coming back to, to Marvel. Thank God the way this day's been. And you wrote something, I don't know what you wrote, something along the same lines about, yes, the day was shit balls. Or I something. was still in the middle of my shitty day, so yeah. I think my response was probably not much there. Um, so, But it is true, though. It's been a really uh, off-putting week for myself work-wise. There's been highs and lows. There's been really good highs. Um, but, I mean, they have just been counterbalanced. One of those weeks um, that has balanced itself out. The three highs from my week are the three things we're probably going to talk about today. So oh, I thought that, you were going to say sleeping three nights. would <laughs> be amazing. Uh, this is the Happy Zen Podcast. We are back, just the two of us today, in the pub studio lounge. This is home. Home? This is home. You've seen us specifically right here at this table. Apologies. Yeah. (laughs) Face for radio. Jesus, thanks. Thanks for throwing me into the bus. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was both of us. Carry on. Um, Well, let's work from that way, because you already mentioned it. Let's start right from the the news news that came in. Absolutely. This afternoon. Yeah. Some fantabulous Marvel news. Yeah, and I can't even remember how I saw it. I think it was another podcast that I follow that follows us on Instagram. I got a Google News alert. Wow. So Google's like, That's hey, how nerd. How hardcore of a nerd <laughs> you are. Google knows to send you that. Mm-hmm. Not that there was a bombing in New Zealand. No. You got, or there's a shooting in New Zealand. It's, here's my news. <laughs> I barely found out anything about that. I had to go looking for that. But no, the James Gunn thing, right to my... Well, I feel like more of an adult because that's what my news alert was. Yes, James Gunn rehired, officially announced today by Disney and okay. Marvel. So aside from the fact that, I mean, there's no way. I, I just felt like they weren't even going to do a Guardians 3 unless they got him back. So that's my personal opinion. They lost. I think they were hoping to. Well, they lost some of the cast members too, right? They, so, so they certainly. They lost, now, they lost Drax for sure. Well, I thought the last I heard was he was on board if they used the script that James Gunn put together. I bet you anything. I bet you anything under legal pretenses. He probably they, has to. You no, know, they probably looked at the script and went, oh my God, we have to pay him anyways if mm-hmm. we use the script. So we might as well just bring him back. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Could be. So, but, but no matter what it is, I'm really glad Disney did that because someone in this crisis state we keep seeing really needed to, to come back and say, 12, 11-year-old crap on Twitter you know what, we need to really look at what it was in the context and accept it that at the time, this is what it was. If there was no issues at the time, there should be no issues today. Carry on. Look at the pretext. And, and we've got to move past that. And if Disney is going to be, they're pretty much the first one to do that. I don't know of anybody else that has gone through this type of crisis that took a punishment that came back. No, I can't, especially not at that level. But we went over this 
firing when it happened and the reasons for it, the alleged reasons for it and what have you. So we won't dive too deep back into that, but it is awesome news to hear. There's part of me that thinks this is retaliation because they saw how well DC was doing with James Gunn on board. Only, what's it been? It's only, it hasn't been that long. Five months, maybe? Four well, months? And I question, okay, they know how good they're doing based on what? Like, did he just take a... Just a, buzz, man. A, a real edit and send it over to Disney? Hey. I think I think they're probably looking like, okay, they somehow managed to reel in Idris Elba. Big deal. For the Suicide Squad? Yeah. That's, that's like, true. Like, that's pretty... That's like... That's a big you, deal. You upgraded the fresh prince with the fresher prince? Yeah. Or I would call him the king of cool. But anyways, do you think that they were a little worried that Dave Batista was going to potentially be in a DC film as well? Because there hasn't... Who has been in... But he might still. But who has been in both? No one, I don't think. Zachary Levi, kind of. He was one of the Warriors 3 in the Thor movies. I know that doesn't... is not a big... It's not a main character, right? Right. And really... Yeah. I, that was almost a trivia thing that I would have got wrong. Yeah. Actually, uh, so I don't know. But I mean, it's like no. But what I'm getting at is like, I think there's a lot of layers to this onion that the Disney execs probably were looking at, and I'd have to think Feige has probably Feige. Feige, it's Feige, isn't it? Feige. Is it Feige? Sorry, I think so. He, uh, I would have to believe he's probably sat down with some of the brass and like, look at long term plans. You know, Gun took. Guardians, which was supposed to be in, internally, we we really had high hopes to to be a very important film. It was a huge gamble, and he made it even bigger than we. He was able to put something together that allowed us to propel it even larger than we hoped for, which is so crucial. Um, we need three to be significant. Maybe on his master plan, which no one inside Disney really gets to see, maybe Guardian Threes is a really pivotal uh, pivotal point in the next phase. And now he's like, shit, I don't have Gun, and I counted on Gun to be there for this pivotal point. There's probably a, like a lot of shit that's been going on for the past I, few months. I don't months. even know that part three necessarily ties into the overall story arc for Marvel. I think it's we just that important to the to the Guardians movies to have that third movie wrap things up and be his vision. You know, to have two movies his specific way and then have to try to get somebody to step into that role. Well, they know. haven't done that yet, right? The only ones that don't look... Um, Nobody's done more than one except John Favreau. The Russo brothers. Yeah, well, but, yeah okay. For Avengers but, and... yeah. But if you look at um, the continuum, right? The feel of the films. Joss Whedon. Okay, I'm, I'm going to shut my mouth. No, but in the feel of the films, yeah. the only ones that are like choppy are the Thor movies. Hmm. They're distinctively like completely different. Each th- each one of the three, yeah. right? If you take the Iron Man movies, and, and even if you took all, all the properties really from like their sequential films, they have a nice flow. Um, so as you go through that, they have a they pay either homage or attention to their previous endeavor of that was the film and they kind of match the tone. So, and then I think there was a, probably a massive struggle to think who the hell is going to match guns vision of guardians. Um, Cause it was his own. And I don't think there's anyone and who's else willing to step into that. Even, yeah. even if they suspect, Oh, this guy will be a good fit. Does he want to do it? Well, or we she? said that we said that the ones that we thought would be good fits. We or was already publicly publicly known that they weren't going to do it. They made it clear pretty quickly. So well, and also, I mean, you remember the entire cast signed a letter. Oh yeah, that was good. To I keep loved him on, I loved that. So can you imagine being the director that has to take over that job when you know the entire cast is like, we don't want you here. I think you might legitimately need James Gunn to get the same Chris Pratt that you need on screen for Star Lord. If not, he might come in pretentious. Who knows? 
could be serious problems. You don't, you don't know. The one thing you do know is by putting that family together, director, cast, and crew together um, with the similarities, the likelihood of you getting the same product again is so, so high, mm-hmm. whereas anything else is just a gamble. And why? Why? This thing is so good. You listen to people shit on different different of the Marvel properties, but then it's not even really shitting on them. It's just light level critiquing at that, hey, this really awesome 1% amazing stuff we just have to sort out who's the top of the pile on that 1%. Like that tends to be the conversation. Like nothing is really a failure. Um, nothing is really like, ooh, that's just average. It, it really is. Thor the Dark World. I know. I knew it was coming. But anyways, but it's still important. But nobody, nobody, well, at least no one that I've noticed points Guardians of the Galaxy as something mm-hmm. on the lower end. It's, They're th- always those the ones are always half. near the top. Exactly. Half. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, Gar- and there's always an argument with one or two, which is also a very interesting conversation, right? Because often the sequel is never as good as the original, where there's a really good debate you can get into on which one you prefer more. And and they have valid points to argue equally with each other, and everyone will have their own perspective, but it is a clear debate you can have, where most sequels, there's not a lot of debate. The original is still better than the sequel in most cases. Almost always, yeah. Yeah, so... So we got a little while to wait for that because as far as I've read, he contractually is going to finish the Suicide Squad movie and then he'll start on Guardian. So we're probably looking 2021, I would suspect. I wonder if the, the, the comic book movie world has now recognized that it takes a very special director to get certain things right. And Marvel has batted pretty close to a thousand on this and they're fortunate. And I do like the concept that maybe some of these directors from the Marvel Universe go over and kick the shit out of some DC property. It would be nice because at the end of the day, you're just going to have more people reading comics and more people open to this world of imagination and that it's cool to be explore this stuff. So it's a good thing to to have the directors on both sides of the coin. And let's be fair, Marvel's made all the money at this point with, and Disney's you know super satisfied about that and enough to the point they're just going to make tons and tons of more money. It's not going to make a difference. Like DC's never going to take away from the revenue Marvel's going to generate. And vice versa. I don't think Marvel's going to take away from the DC revenue. I just think all it would do is inject more revenue into that world. Well, I think that's it. If you've got something, and I mean, we've talked about this before with things like wrestling, you know, anything that has competition, you're going to make a better product. Because if you get lazy because you have nothing to compete against, you're going to tank out. The one thing I will say about DC, whether they're doing well or not, they are trying different things, especially more later now, like with the Aquaman and, and some of the upcoming movies that they're doing. They're trying to find, they're throwing everything at the wall and seeing what, what sticks, which is kind of good because if something does hit, like Aquaman did quite well, then Marvel has a, to look at it. A billion dollars yeah, quite well. Marvel has to look at it and actually consider that and say maybe we should be thinking about you know this or that or the other thing. If DC is always tanking, they have nothing to go up against they're just going to keep doing what they're doing and it could get stale and boring what so, like more batman well it's coming you know i struggle with that on so many levels we haven't done an episode in a while we haven't even talked to Affleck out ah, the world just knew it was coming well yeah <laughs> when, he, when he did justice league i'm like i'm not even getting in shape to the point where i can take my shirt off <laughs> Yeah, I was like, ah, he's like, ah, fuck it. I love it. It would have been awesome had he if had they left that phoenix tattoo on his back, and all of a sudden Batman has this giant phoenix. I didn't know that was real. I thought it was a joke. That's what everybody thought that was for a movie, and they're like, 
No, that's that's an actual tattoo. So is he like going through a midlife crisis? Then? Well, is that because he divorced Jennifer Gardner and realized what he had? And now he's only worried about it. He did have an alcohol problem. I don't know. You know, <laughs> was that a bet? He claims that it's very important to him. I don't know. Yeah, he claimed it was very important to him on Ellen, and he couldn't keep a straight face. Over under that he shows up in Jane's Sound Bob reboot. Oh, if he if he shows up, it's for free because he's been there begging for the role. Oh, please. Where are we? Yeah, so coming up probably a couple of years, we'll see Suicide mm-hmm. Squad first. Which, by the way, I read today, as far as I know, it's titled The Suicide Squad. It's not Suicide Squad 2. It's not any other. It's just The Suicide. He's, just, he's completely ignoring the last one. I love, I love this about DC. They're just like, you know what? That first one was shit. We're just going to make another one. And we're not even going to try to hide it from you. We're just going to make another one. And as far as I know, they're getting rid of all the characters except Harley and Deadshot. And then they replace the actor that plays Deadshot. We're just going to try this again. So (laughs) I want the beginning of the film to go, the Suicide Squad. And then one of those big snap signs come out and go, take two. (laughs) That's all I want them to do. And I want them to go, Superman. Take two. <laughs> and just, you know what? That's like dead, cool. Deadpool shows up. And We're good. <laughs> We're good. Like, just break the fourth wall right at the beginning with us and go, look, uh, we know we tried this before. We feel like we've learned from our mistakes and we want to bring this special feature to you where we do it again, but this time we get it right. That right there would already make it good. They should just call it, yeah, like, you know, Suicide Squad Redone or something. Yeah. Because otherwise it is or a just, reboot that's happened within two years of the movie coming out. Just in parentheses. Parentheses. This time we're trying. <laughs> we have taken the reins back from mm. whatever that was. We understand ensemble cast does not mean it's a good film. <laughs> yeah. Well, you and, and we understand what ensemble cast actually means, and we didn't get that right the first time either. All we got was a bunch of people. And guy, then guy some throws, of the characters that we showed in the trailer, we killed <laughs> off in minutes. Guy throws fucking boomerangs. Why would, what were we thinking? Why were we thinking that was the thing that was going to work? We don't. We, we, all those people that were real <laughs> upset that the guy who was good at making knots died so early. That's all. I don't know. Uh, I, you know, the one thing I'm going to miss is when DC's so not so easy to shit on anymore. I'll miss that. But then again, they have Batman. And they continually fuck with that property. So I think we'll always have that moment. Which is such a shame. I loved um, uh, the Kevin Smith, uh, Fat Man Beyond. And I was listening to... I I, I listened like four in a row uh, there. Which is hard because they don't come out as often. So I, you can tell I got away from it for a little bit there. But they commented like what they really wanted for the next Batman film. And I'm totally on board with the concept of doing Batman Beyond, finally. And Michael Keaton being the older Batman. <laughs> and then... <laughs> I think they commented that Ben Affleck should have been uh, Alfred or something. They had, they had, they had like a throwback. They had, like, they had a few people in there that could have been Alfred. I can't remember who they were, but it was. Um, I was pissing myself fucking laughing that they threw that one in there. So yeah. it'll be a it'll be an interesting animal. So there are a few movies coming up. I know we want to keep it on point, but I want to throw a little, just a little, little one in here that I, I think we'll use as a segue into one of the things we're going to talk about. I want to talk about the uh, the Dark Phoenix. Why? Well, I just uh, let's let's do an over under on. <laughs> to be honest, I am entirely surprised that it got another trailer, and I'm super surprised that it's getting a theatrical release. I still do, don't do, think New Mutants is getting one. Do you feel like the Dark Phoenix is like the last look? As Fox, we didn't ruin everything. We did try to fix X Men before we gave it to Disney, <laughs> and. This is us saying, look, we didn't mean to fuck with your property for so long. Here's the movie you deserve. 
And also, we sold it to Disney, so now they can take this property and make it what you really, really deserve. If that was the case, I mean, Days of Futures Past would have been where I would have been like happy that they did. That was like their send off. That movie to me seemed like the the best ending for them because they finally kind of wrap around the and they they okay. fix a lot of the problems. I would have been happy after that. I don't know. The Apocalypse one didn't really do much for me. Oh, okay. How do you miss the mark with Apocalypse? The thing right itself. Know. They've missed the mark with Phoenix, and I'm sure they'll do it again. Hey, how cool. Whoa. How cool would it be that Phase 4 of the Marvel Universe is after they fuck with the timeline, we get Age of Apocalypse. Sorry, just dreaming. <laughs> well, it'd be the ultimate easy way to interject the mutants. But anyways... Um, We've talked about this before. We can spend hours on how they're going to bring the mutants in. If they don't change the timeline, well, are we? What do we go? What are we talking about next? Well, we're going into Cap Marvel. Okay, then maybe we should hold my that thought till Cap Marvel. So that's actually a good segue off the the James Gunn thing, though, because the Guardians of the Galaxy is probably our closest thing to Captain Marvel, and there's a lot of connective tissue. I was going to say there's a lot of Easter eggs. They said uh, as you go through it, identified for the '90s where they were doing a lot of X-Men cartoons and X-Men paraphernalia. If you start looking through Captain Marvel, so I thought that was kind of interesting. That was either either they're playing the teaser just to wind us up, which is most likely the case. Um, or it was like their little celebration of, yeah, this is uh, the movie we made at the same time that we bought this damn ass company. <laughs> I guess we should say there's probably going to be some spoiler talk here because I don't plan favorite, to hold anything back. Favorite line I heard was Mark Burden doing his single, just on his own, review of Captain mm-hmm. Marvel. He's like, look at my audience. You've seen this movie. This isn't spoiling. And if this is spoiling, you're not my audience. <laughs> if by chance you somehow haven't seen it, just pause it, go watch it, come back. Who the fuck are you that you haven't seen this yet? Some people are busy. I don't know. You're 35 days out from Endgame. You have seen this movie. If there's any movie that you have no excuse for seeing within the first two weeks, this is the one because you are so many days out, like 45 days out from that movie to Endgame. Like you don't have an excuse. Before we get into it, would you have need to seen Captain Marvel? Like I don't think so. Yes. You think so? You need to understand this character's capabilities for Endgame because I got a feeling she's going to be doing all kinds of crazy shit and it's nice to give her the how. So you think there'll be zero the how. like um, oh. explanation for the character in the in the Avengers movie? Brief. Somebody put up on Twitter that as a non-Marvel fan they're like it's really hard to watch these movies when some, every time like they come up against a wall they're like oh I got just the guy and they bring somebody in and everyone's cheering and I have no idea who that guy is. Like because you don't know if you don't know the characters and you haven't watched the other movies, then I could see that being a thing. So, but you know what? Yeah, it's just on a comment though, I love that. Yeah, I love that they have not said, "Listen, hey, awesome fan base who've supported us all these years, let us take the next five minutes of this film that we could use for such amazing storyline with your characters, and let's just take this five minutes to tell this non-fan about the character." They're like, "No, fuck you. This is the character. This is what they're doing. You want to know more? Google it." They and should, I love that. I love that. They should do what they do in like the comic books where it's like a whole episode where they mention something and then they have a little box in the corner that says, see issue 13 or, you know, true believer. And well, the way these movies are going, <laughs> I think that in life by phase five and six, they're going to have to see, see phase two winter soldier. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So where do we start, man? Um, well, okay. Let's just start overall. I, I mean, I, I mean, so we've both I, seen it uh, once, right? Both seen it once. Okay. And I will, I will instantly just say I loved it. Yeah. I really, really did. And I've heard, I've heard some like half-ass reviews that weren't as gung ho, 
but I'm, I'm all in on this one. I really, really, maybe being a dad of two girls and watching my girls react to it, maybe a little biased, but I really, really, in today's day and age where things should not be the way they are necessarily in 2019, but they still are, I really loved the, the character development, which wasn't that deep. We can argue it was probably only half the film was actually her character development, but that half was so good. That's actually the only the only major knock I've heard against the movie. And it's not so much a knock. It's it's the movie goes back to like the phase one movies where it's an introduction movie right from the get-go. Yeah. Whereas bef- like the last couple of movies where we introduced characters before, uh, where we had like Spider-Man and Black Panther, they would show up in a movie that wasn't theirs. Yeah. You'd get the introduction that way, and then you'd get a movie about them. So we're kind of going back to that phase one thing where we're starting right from scratch with the character. So in a sense, it is a little slower because we're a little bit used to that. But you get that full explanation right from the back, and they had to because she's going to show up in Avengers. Oh, like you said, never been around. You have to see. Yeah, all we've seen is yeah. a pager. And it's not like to be fair with Spider Man. We've seen Spider Man a million times. <clears throat> like even even not in the particular Marvel universe, just in general, they were smart enough to know. People know who's Spider-Man. He's branded. The fact that even the first full-on Spider-Man movie that Marvel co-produced, no origin. No origin. Yeah. Because they're like, you know what? That's like seeing the Batman origin a million times, which we see every time. Someone else hasn't learned about it yet. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, I, you know, the Black Panther thing, I guess they just wanted to get him involved. I mean, that's a different story. The Civil War, they had to get as many people in as they could. Yeah, but also in Civil War, it's like, we got his origin right then and there. We got to see him become the king. The very basic core of it. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. all we needed. And then and then the, the transfer of power gave us his backstory while living the current story. So we got like a double-edged sword on that mm-hmm. the whole time, which I thought was clever, right? It was, they're driving us forward while providing us with the past. So that was kind of cool. Captain Marvel, you had to go right back to the basics because yeah. it was a... Because even when you look in the the comic book world, you know it wasn't the most well received character when she first came out in the first place. So it's um you know they had to really go grab that audience, and they really were trying to attract everyone they hadn't caught yet, which is hard to believe they didn't get anybody yet. But they were digging into people that hadn't sat down yet. I, I was listening to an interview with Brie Larson because she was everywhere, and uh, there was she was hesitating to take the role. Eh? No, it's a big job. I can understand, like, pressure-wise. And so the, the interview I heard, I'm trying to think where it was. Now it's killing me. But anyway, she um, she commented how Kevin Feige's daughter actually commented that she hadn't seen any of the Marvel movies yet. I guess she's pretty young. And this was going to be her first movie. That she, her dad was going to have her, like, mm. around and see. And, no pressure there, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. And then apparently that was it. Like, Brie Larson thought about the impact of this character and thought about how many little young girls and looked at the characters and, and what have you. And and then she jumped in. And I mean, looking back now, I have her on the same level as Thor, as, as Hemsworth, as Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, and Chris Evans as Captain America, as in... Could you fucking imagine anyone else? I, I just can't. I can, mm-hmm. Now that I've seen her there, there's, I can't imagine anyone else. I couldn't think of a substitute. I couldn't think of anyone I'd even want to give a shot to. She did X. I mean, she is absolutely A-class actress, but holy shit. I thought she was just great. And I think that's something that Marvel does well is the people that they do get for these roles, they can, for one act, they're you know usually stellar actors. And then whether they look the part, you, know, you can make that work, but... That she fits this version of Captain uh, Marvel very well, which this version is only really 
not even 10 years old. I mean, if you look at like Captain Marvel from the 90s and the, and the, the early 2000s, it was, well, especially the 90s, she wouldn't have fit the part because she would have needed to have been tall, you know, well and down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, but they, they changed her and for the better because, you know, there was so many. She didn't need to be She-Hulk. No. And there were so many female superheroes that were just, you know, big breasted women in spandex. They're like, they gave her something, you know, some, some meat to her actual character, gave her a good backstory. She fits this character perfectly. So, yeah, the casting was great. The scrolls I thought looked really cool, and the transformation I, I, it wasn't what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting, but the when they sh- then they shapeshift like mm. it, it's kind of like um, American Werewolf in London, almost like it's like their faces almost like tear apart, and then like I don't know, it was it was a crazy effect. And then I think they're all practical when they're just the scrolls. Like I think that's mostly just makeup. I don't think it's like CG or anything. No, like no, that. that was all makeup. And it looks. Looks great. I don't know. And then so, that was quite the twist too, because as well, yeah, because they probably know, and everybody it was a gamble. That, that comic book fans going in were like, "Well, the scrolls, they're the bad guys." Yeah. As you look in all the comic books, you know, there's a lot of stories with the secret invasion where the scrolls were playing Captain America and Spider Woman. But in this movie, spoilers, they're refugees. Yeah, yeah, they're essentially the victims, yeah. which fits in to what we know from the Kree from Guardians of the Galaxy and, and from Agents well, of S.H.I.E.L.D. It would have made no sense if the Skrulls, honestly, the, the universe, if you look back now for a moment and really think about it, the universe we have right now in the MCU, in the film world, if the Kree were not assholes, you would have to then have another sequence of events to justify why they're assholes. So if they were the heroes in this movie, they were the champions of good, and the scrolls were the invading parasites, and well, then what? How the fuck did they get to the point where Ronan is trying to wipe out half the galaxy with Thanos? Like, where the hell did that happen? You would have had to really stretch that. What they gave us of Ronan and the Kree and their goal—it's not. You can still give us a movie to tie it together, but you, you only gonna need to give us one. I think going in, I was just expecting that they're that both sides were bad, and that humankind was just sort of caught in the middle of it. Whereas they, I don't know, they, it was it was not. Obviously, it was unexpected for, I'm sure, most people the I mean, way they played and, out. And the Skrull's door is still wide open because yeah. he co- commented about how there's, you know, they're lost. They're everywhere. He's trying to find them. They don't know that, you know, they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there there's nothing to say there's an a faction that turns loose. And, uh, there's loose cannon scrolls yeah. stuck on Earth waiting. They just weren't found yet. Like mm-hmm. Marvel was gathering them into her lap, spoiler. Yeah. And uh, if she didn't find them all, which she clearly she didn't because she stopped. And they had themselves cloaked, so no. They and didn't know Captain what, Marvel at the end of the movie is sent off to go find them and, and help them. This movie can be broken into two halves, in my opinion. The first half was the let's look at kind of who she is right now kind of thing, and we got to see a little bit about the how she doesn't know who she is. Um, we get the whole okay. We know you're Carol Danvers. We get to see who you where you came from. We get to see that you're lost and who you are. You got to connect to your past. You know, you can clearly see that your strength is going to come from understanding your past and breaking free of all the limitations. We know all that. You can see that's spelled out. And, you know, they use action to drive the film a little bit. But at the end, other you know, in the first half of the film, I thought it was the Samuel L. Jackson show for the first half. I thought he stole it. I thought Shaft was probably a... <laughs> I know. I'm calling him Shaft because that's coming out, by the way. But I feel like that was... He was a bigger a bigger play in the front half of the movie. 
which was good, which is fine because he's really good. He was just like Samuel Jackson kicking ass. It was so fun. Yeah, I mean that could also be that it's something like we've seen that character in such small doses for so long that when we got to see him for longer periods of time, I think we probably absorbed it a lot more. I almost feel like the first half was the um, Nick Fury origin story, and the second half was the Captain Marvel like coming of age story of that movie. You can almost have like be broke. There's a line in there where you can draw a line in the sand when it happened. What almost becomes like a buddy cop movie. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. That element was definitely there, it, but it was good. And I think that's on purpose. And is, again, is that because it was based in the nineties? Well, that's it. Like, I, and we've talked about this, how for a long time, you know, each Marvel movie was a archetype of a, of a different kind of movie, like winter soldier being like a spy thriller and what have you. This movie had that kind of like lethal weapon or diehard. Oh my God. Which is perfect because he was in it. But it had that buddy cop action 90s movie vibe. I love how you tie that. And I didn't really think about that so clearly till you said it. And then also the 90s being the buddy cop film time period. Like there's tons of that. Tons of it. And then to mix in like the the sci-fi aspect of it. I don't know. It was just, it was... It was quite interesting, and I mean, I my I'm a little disappointed. I would have liked a little bit more Coulson, but I was happy to get what I got. Like at least, yeah, but his CGI didn't look nearly as good. Like for his anti aging, he looked really plastic. He also looks weird with that much hair. Yeah, like I'm not used to that at all. And whereas I think they just took Samuel Jackson's face from Die Hard Three and just stuck it on there. Yeah, and, somewhere around that time period. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, Long Kiss Goodnight, like yeah. around that time. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, yeah, two buddy cops. Um, yeah. <laughs> as a whole, though, was there anything? I mean, was there anything in that movie you would have liked to have seen done differently? I mean, I don't, I don't hate the comedy aspect of it. I don't know. I'm a little mixed bag on how the by the end of the movie, the scrolls specifically. Uh, the main guy, uh, Talos, I think his name is, kind of got super jokey. Like he so sarcastic. Yeah, it was almost a little too much, especially for a, a race that I mean, I guess they've been on Earth for a while, but it was a little bit too much. And that's like I'm looking for, and you know, a fault yeah. in a movie that doesn't really have a lot. I can't fault it for her not having her full powers because it adds to the drama that you can't wait for her to be unleashed, like to have that, that thing in her neck removed. I love that. So that she can have that because you see how powerful she is with that on. You're like, Oh my God, you, it it really, the movie really helps build that up so that, you know, going into Avengers, you, you understand why she's as powerful as she is. Between her and Thor, you're thinking to yourself, what the hell are the rest of you doing? Like, I really don't think I need the rest of you. And (laughs) we've watched Thor for quite a while. And he had to grow. He only really got to, the last movie was when he got the, to like full when the he showed end of up Ragnarok, and then when he gets the the new axe. Yeah, when That's he it. when he comes down on, in Wakanda there, and like he's just full lightning. Yeah, like he he's took, finally like he hit took that the pinnacle. whole fucking star thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah we got to and see. And that took that long. She basically got to that level in one film. But but in theory, so who knows where she's at now? She did, she's been gone for a long time. True, she did it one film. But what was unique about that film? It was the tipping point. So the six years leading up. So she became a tactician, she became a warrior, she became a strategizer, a strategic planner kind of thing, right? Like they gave her all those development pieces from the Kree aspect while keeping a limit on her. And then when she learned inside to be free and be who she was, which I thought was such a cool coming of age piece. And I know watching the first half of the film, some people will say, oh, you can totally see that coming. Yeah, you could. But also it didn't make it any less sweeter when it happened. When it happened, the way that happened... And the way she stood up to the 
the AI or whatever that was. The I can't remember that fucking name now. Um, the supreme intelligence. Yeah, the supreme intelligence. Yeah. When she stood up against the supreme intelligence, the way she did, the way the flashback sequences about her standing up every time after she fell in life, like that symbolism. I thought it was just beautiful. You knew it was coming, but it didn't make it any less sweeter. Really, honestly. Yeah, I mean. It was good. You, you expected it, but at the same time, a lot of movies, you would think that's where it was going to go, and then it just went to the standard. Like Specifically, when she has that final confrontation with Jude Law's character, <laughs> you're kind of like, okay, she's finally just going to punch him right in the face. It's going to, yeah. you know, she's going to fight with him. Well, she kind of just says, I don't need to do this. I don't need to prove anything to you. Yeah. And just walks away. Like, that's, I, I, that's my, exactly what the answer should have been. My, and myself and both my kids laughed so hard when she just blasted him with her her. Mm. photon blast thing it's like you have to take me and she just like cooks him against the the rock face and i'm like that's awesome and my daughter looked at me and she goes why waste her time and i'm like yes like that's exactly the message you know what i don't need to prove myself to you it's uh it's that shot in indiana jones where the guys do all the knife stuff and he just shoots shoots him (laughs) i loved it it i loved it and then her attitude behind it and the the the, the chip on her shoulder, but not the arrogant chip on the shoulder. The confident, I'm empowered to who I am, but yet she still shows empathy and thinks. That's really important with that character because she's going to be, you know, she is the most powerful superhero we have in the Marvel Universe. So she has to be, she can't be one-sided. We've already got that with Stark and then we watched him evolve. Like we watched Captain America humanize him, right? So we, we've seen that happen. So she needs to be the embodiment of a lot of different characters into one. And it was there because you think about it, like she is the embodiment of the power of Iron Man, but the humanity of Steve Rogers. Well, and she is essentially a living weapon. And if she isn't level headed and, you oh, know, yeah. and over- that storyline would suck. I don't want to need the crazy storyline. You like, know what? We'll, we'll probably get it with a different character. It won't yeah, be her. No. Like if she'll be the one that has to come if, in, if they do like century or something yeah, like yeah. that, cause century was off his rocker. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think it, it kind of gives her level headed. The thing I'm also a little bummed about is I don't think she's going to get a lot of time just because we know probably Robert Downey Jr. is done after this movie. I would have liked to have seen the two of them. The two of them because. I'm looking forward to her and Thor. Yeah. That's going to be good. But but Tony is much like the Jude Law character. Maybe not as much, but he, I mm-hmm. think out of the group, it's that aspect it, like that she would. You know, he'd rub her the wrong way. Um, and I think that it'd be interesting to see the two of them. But yeah, the sneak peek that we uh, got was interesting for that as well. Yeah, no, but I mean, I, I look back on Captain Marvel and, and like what I would change. And honestly, I, kept, I I don't see anything that I would change. The I agree with you on the level of sarcasm for the, the Skrulls, how far sarcastic they went. But there's an element to like, hey, we're about to get all the fuck wiped out. But all of a sudden now we have like, her who can kick the shit out of everybody and she's on our side and then all of a sudden she gets rid of that thing on her neck and they're like holy shit that's that's with us like this is great like i just saved my race and well that shot of her just ripping apart the entire spaceships by just flying through them like you're just like okay that's it good good. so i appreciated that i i love the female lead aspect i didn't think i would like it that much and i was so impressed with it it was so well done in a way where they weren't they weren't shoving it down my throat. They gave it to me in a way that was completely respectful. I was able to embrace it and enjoy it and appreciate it and look at it and go, yeah, that's what we need. Like we needed that. It was good. It was really well done. I see her being an awesome fit. I loved all the backstory stuff with uh, with uh, Fury. Loved it. I loved how he gets his eye. That's fucking awesome. Um, so I loved all that stuff. That was really, really good. 
maybe a little too much sarcasm for, from Nick Fury because we have to now figure out how he went from that to the complete cynical hard ass. And I feel like that gives us a lot of shit to fill in between from then to now. That's a lot to fill in how he got that way. Yeah, because when do we see him again? Uh, Iron Man, first one, yeah, I guess? Yeah, and he's like total like suspect hard ass everything because the only other and flash... he still left like jokey with a cat, yeah. cat in my office yeah like was we that's the time gap the one thing that's kind of weird is um with the shield thing in iron man the entire movie colson spells it out like he says it's the strategic home yeah, yeah. whatever and then uh pepper says you guys should really shorten it he's like yeah we're working on it and then at the end he calls it shield yeah but then in this movie they already call it shield I know it's nitpicking. Yeah, but yeah, but I'm just saying. But, but remember, she. I wonder if there's like a little bit of an undertone where like she made fun of the fact like I'm wearing a hat with the shield logo on it for your secret agency. So, you, so maybe, you think maybe they kind of like maybe that just kind of unearthed the oh you're not doing very good at keeping yourself. They covert. made it less obvious yeah. after that. Yeah, yeah. maybe it could be. It, it, there's so many little little Easter eggs like that that you can plan to let grow, mm-hmm. and so that's always the fun part of these movies is they're not going to give us everything all the time. They let us they let our imaginations fill some gaps in. And then four movies later, they fill that in for us if they know it's still a burning desire, right? So anyways, Captain Marvel, certainly, if you haven't seen it, I can't believe you haven't seen it. Um, go see it. There's two. And honestly, we did not did not say enough here to ruin the movie by any means. You need to see all that piece together. There is two scenes uh, during the credits, just FYI, if you're wanting to stick oh, around. Yeah, you don't need I, to see the last oh one. My God, I waited all the way for the last one. I went, seriously? I mean, if, if you've seen the last couple of movies and they do where they do the, the two scenes, usually one of them is just a throwaway thing. That's the case with the last one and this one. It's the middle one that has the any meat to awesome. it. Yeah. You, you want to see the mid one because you walk out. You're sad that Captain Marvel ended because you want more of her. And how it ended, you're like, oh, come back. And then you get the mid, you're like, oh, you came back. Mm-hmm. So you're good. You're, you're, you just, it, it closes the little loop for you. Like, okay, I'm good. I'm ready for the end of April. So you're jacked. Well, and that's it. Like, what a turnaround time. We've got like a month and a half between movies. Like, it's yeah, nothing. I love it. It's great. I love it. I love Which, it. No, so and it's funny though, because I've heard a lot of people like put Captain Marvel not as high on their, like on my personal list, I have jacked that movie to my top five. I mean, I'm not one to talk because my my list is obviously different than most people's. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, yours is probably closer to the norm than I realize. Actually, mine's a little more outlying. I you you and the consensus out there. Some some of it. Other than Black well, no, Pan- other than Black Panther. No, my, my, I'm saying Captain did. Marvel for me is high, but at the same time, I thought Doctor Strange and Black Panther for me was low. So I yeah, don't. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. That's where uh, society looks at you like you're weird. Yeah, I'm a weird person. But I don't. Know, I really appreciated it. I look forward. I was really worried about her having to be one of the the most important characters in the next phase. I was worried about that. I am not worried anymore. If no, you, I think she's going to be able to you, stand up with the rest of them, no problem. I, I am comfortable losing Iron Man and have her replace that role. I I, I struggle with Cap because I just watched um, Winter Soldier yesterday and it just reminded me how just fucking Captain America in his own movie is amazing and he doesn't need like him and Black Widow are great and I love all that. And I, I think to myself going, I'm really going to miss him if we don't get him. Like we lose him. I'm going to miss him. Cause you know what? He is a really good character. Chris Evans is a fantastic job. They write him beautifully. He's portrayed excellent. Excellent. Like, I mean, it's just the interaction with the other characters, even the other actors treat captain america just so well like it just fits it's just so good i'll be so sad to see that i'm not saying i'll be sad to see, not sad to see iron man go if that happens to be the case i will be sad to see him go 
But I just feel like there's a more likelihood that Iron Man will find a way to have his intelligence floating around so we still get Stark's voice. And the reason I say that is after watching Winter Soldier, watching Artem Zola be strapped to those computers, which was done by Stark. Yeah. Right. So I mean, he's like, and they did that. That was like 50 years prior. And I watched that and went, oh my God. Like, man, go back to watching the old art, the older Marvel movies. They start, you started looking at things going, that is such a fucking Easter egg that we're going to have Tony Stark in an AI. Like it's it 100% is we're getting them there because you just can't keep him on film anymore. Like you're going to run at some point you have to draw a line in the sand. And this is the perfect place because the whole Thanos thing, as much as Thanos against everybody, it's Thanos and Stark have this thing. There's a thing they drew really, really well. And this leads into our last point. Yes. Uh, and exactly with Tony Stark in the last well, latest and probably last trailer for Avengers Endgame that I dropped. Wouldn't, I wouldn't even hesitate that guess because they, they could surprise us. Is it yesterday? It was yesterday, yeah. Uh, in which Tony outlines that, you know, this was supposed to be his last gamble, his last thing. He thought he was going to be able to win this fight and come home and then settle down. And they kind of hinted that with Pepper, that he was going to settle down with her and, and be done with it. And who knows? Well, she's going to go all rescue mode. That's the rumor. Oh, yeah, I know. There so, was a poster leak on that already, I thought. Yeah. I mean, there's been leaks of a lot of stuff, but who knows what we'll see. You know, it's funny. They've done everyone. And I mean, whether that you're a fan, whether you're like a hacker who's out there digging up the stuff in the movies and people always looking to spoil stuff. You got to give some credit to the fan base and to the industry that they've done really well at not ruining any of these films. And this one just seems like we're getting a little bit more and more and more than we normally do. Are we, though? I do think so. But but even then, it's enough just because I think they're saying to us is like, you know what? You guys have rode you've been on this ride for over 10 years. You've 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 exercised your patience. You've done everything we've asked you to. You've participated, we've given you things, you've reacted, we've built with you. It's like, let's just give you a little bit more. It's you've earned you've earned a little bit more. You've come this long. Here's a little bit more. And See, they just I, keep giving a shit like that. I disagree. I think I honestly think we've seen the least amount of the film than any other Marvel movie that they've released. They gave us the costumes to go into. They're walking down a hallway. You see nothing. No, did you not see the new trailer? They're all in the white suits. They're walking down a hallway. You see nothing. matching suits. Yes. But they don't show anything. That scene. Dude, that scene was already in the other trailer. They digitally changed the outfits. That's the same scene. I, I I know that, but now they give us the white suits. It's a suit, dude. It's nothing. All matching suits. Have you not seen the the post? I know where, where they they're took, going. I'm they just took, saying. It's, yeah, yeah. But, but what I'm saying is they've taken the fact that they know we've all projected that's what's happening with those suits, and they've given us those. And suits. By the way, those suits that they that they leaked, not the same suits. Those are purple suits. The only the the leak suits that they do match are match the, the ones cartoon. the toys. Well, the cartoons. There's too. The cartoon too. The exact scene in the cartoon actually. With if the same you go back angles. and watch this most recent trailer, they cut a lot of the same footage from the last trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now they've tweaked it because. They give you more. There, that same shot. Besides changing the outfits, they there was also talk of the gaps that were in the in the yeah. and that's it's Stark and uh, and yeah. Nebula put back in, and I think maybe Hawkeye as well because I don't think he or whatever yeah, Ronan, I don't think he was in that no, shot in the last Not trailer. Clearly, his body was there, but didn't see a face. Yeah, I don't remember seeing that hairstyle. And there's so spots, vividly. There's a spot still. If you look, you can see where Hulk's gonna be. Yeah, you can see. Again, it. they're keeping him under well, wraps. Well, because like, they're giving us the 
Dr. Hulk. It's like you're supposed to pretend that the Hulk's not going to show up. They're he, giving us Dr. Hulk. He's going to show up. But, but, but they don't want to show us what Dr. Hulk looks like because he's going to be, I bet you anything be a different CGI re- rendering. It's going to be a little bit different. I don't know. I think he's going to go back. I think he'll show up as the regular Hulk. It's going to switch. I don't know. Because something's going to happen how Banner brings him out because we haven't figured out how he's coming out yet. So Banner's going to bring him out in some way. Something's going to happen where he comes out and it's going to be this new rendition of Hulk. And that's why we're not getting any of it. Well, the other thing from the trailer is trying to figure out the timeline because... Oh, yeah, I've seen some of this. So Captain Marvel shows up and you've got what looks like the same hairstyle on um, Black Widow that she has in Infinity War. So presumably not long after Infinity War she shows up. But then there's scenes later where Natasha has long red hair. There's scenes where Ant-Man comes back and it looks like post-apocalyptic, like the world's been like this for a while. There's a thing where Steve Rogers is talking about the people he's been speaking with, which yeah. is like he's running like therapy groups for the survivors. So clearly there's a gap. I, I presume gap. the movie probably picks up right after and then maybe goes forward a bit. Well, let's be fair. Stark and Nebula aren't going to get back quickly in the ride they're in. No. And they kind of mimic... And the trailer does a lot of flashbacks showing very key scenes from the main Avengers movies. Um, and his he mentions it and talks about the being trapped in the cave and having to build his way out, which is very much kind of the situation oh, he's yeah, in yeah. now. Um, but then I I don't know. Do you think those scenes that they show from, from the previous movies are just, A, are they just for the trailer? B, are they in the movie as flashbacks? Or C... Do they actually go back into those scenes for some sort of reason and change things? Because there's my, I mean, there's my, been talk of time guess, travel forever. Yeah, yeah, my guess on that is it's for just the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Marvel's way of how do we how do we paint the underlying tones of the film we want to make sure you get? which is like Tony Stark coming full circle once again. But maybe this time he's not successful after building himself out of the cave kind of idea. Like he has to sacrifice himself instead of actually blowing the fuck out of everybody kind of thing. So I think there's a lot of underlying really deeper tones we're going to get in this as part of the character arcs and the character ends that we might get. So I think that to do that, they have to find a lot of early messaging. And I think the other challenge goes back to what I was alluding to is that I felt like they'd given us a lot and I think maybe what they've given us isn't actually specific to the film because I think they're keeping most of this film under wraps because it's probably going to take us on such a journey. They don't want to give us anything because they don't want to chance us figuring shit out. Well, see, the other thing I was trying to figure out was why is Captain Marvel there almost immediately? But then so much time passes before they seem to implement their plan, be it when they're in the suits and that kind of thing. Now, at that point, you see Iron Man and Nebula on Earth in the suits going, you don't see Captain Marvel in that shot, but she's probably around. Now, maybe she goes back. Maybe she rescues Stark and Nebula. Maybe she goes out and finds them and brings them back. Maybe that's part of the, the time jump. Because if you've got her, what's the delay? Like, it seems... Because you need Tony's brain, though. You need Tony's right. brain so that's to what I'm wondering, like, what you're going to do. Who else, if, unless he builds himself out and gets a way to come back. She's the only one I can see that could go out and get them. She's the only one that can get them back because they ain't close. They've been mm. on a spaceship that the last movie, it took them 45 minutes of film time to get to where they had to go. Mm. So 
we don't you know i don't know what that necessarily means projection wise but they're in a floating piece of garbage so they're not getting back at a time that makes sense so they need to be expedited and no matter what he builds i don't think he's even capable of building something that's getting going to get him back that quickly because his suit wasn't capable to get him to tighten so there's probably no way he can build something to get his back so she's she's definitely the key a key piece to that mm. um to think them getting back how you know he could be building the ability to project a signal to be found mm-hmm. that that might be some of those lines that right? would certainly be easier yeah i think so and and you know there could be some really cool shit in there of who finds him they could surprise us with some shit in there um but someone's going to find him right so that's going to happen um, and we know they're going into the quantum realm yes hence the suits yes and the ant-man coming into the quantum realm you know we're in this theory that ant-man comes out of the quantum realm we get him at the beginning of the movie we might not get Ant-Man in the middle to like the middle of the fucking movie. He might come out of the quantum realm into that mess that's been years since he came out. And he could be the one to interject partway into this time frame that says, holy fuck people, like this is where I've been. This is what this place is. And they start analyzing what that place is. And all of a sudden shit starts to make sense. Well, so- if we look at the scenes in the last trailer when he shows up at the the, yeah. the Avengers base and that looks to me after the scene we see in this trailer where he goes to his home and yeah. it's all run down. Yeah, exactly. So he probably goes there looking for help. Yeah. So that makes sense. I guess it's just a case of what they're doing in that time between the end of Infinity War and later on. Well, there's going to be part of the... Because we're talking... That's got to be years because for her yeah, hair to get I like saw, that... I and, saw a fan theory that it was between five or six years that are ballparking, they, yeah. they think. And like you said, the way Cap talks about it, People are being told to move on. They're, it's it's over. You're not, they're not coming back. They've given up. I mean, yeah. except for the Avengers. And the Avengers are the ones having to expel this shit out to them mm. because they're the only ones who can explain this, right? So this is the more difficult part is that the world... Which, by that way, how would you explain that? This guy snapped his fingers. Look, this big, magical glove. this big grimace guy with a big glove <laughs> snapped his fingers. Half of people disappeared. Yeah. Why don't you believe me? Yeah. Seems logical. Look at that guy with the lightning coming in his eyeballs. Can he? Does that make it better yeah. for you that he explains it? And don't ask me why he didn't get him in the head because he's over there trying to have remorse over the fact he didn't. Yeah. So I was in World War II and I'm standing in front of you. What don't you believe for me? <laughs> I, I feel like the beginning is... is They're not going to drag it out. If I'm going to call it now, it's going to be a half hour. The beginning of the film is going to be half an hour of establishing... Where the world is now, um, and then they're going to advance time a little bit for us on the things the world has had to deal with and what our heroes have had to deal with in that period of time to put them on the brink of, we have to fucking do something. And in there, we're going to get our little pieces of the puzzle starting to get put back together to then get that catalytic piece where whether it's Stark coming in or somebody coming into this conversation who then connects Ant-Man, Banner, Stark connect around quantum realm and then there's probably going to be some secret piece in this nebula is going to be important um someone in here is going to have some sort of knowledge of what service the quantum realm can play and i got a feeling it's actually going to be nebula or rocket or the pair of them together they're good because rocket knows everything it seems weird I, i never thought about this but when you listen to the guardians movies i've gone i've gone back and really nerded out on a lot of more mcu films lately rocket knows everything when quill's talking about something rocket knows he, he knows about the whole fucking universe in a lot of ways so him and nebula knowing the universe shit that they know 
tied together with the science, physics, quantum shit that Banner plays in. I think them and Stark and this piece is, and they'll probably, there's probably going to be some sort of like, oh, my dad did something like this once. But but it's probably something that's going to link this shit all together. Like the original Ant-Man stuff that was done under S.H.I.E.L.D. Something in there is going to be, that. that's your puzzle. Gets put together. It's going to make sense. But then it's got to go one deeper on why, where do we go from there? Why does the quantum realm make sense? So that's what they have to figure out. Like, what is it about the quantum realm they need to what do? What does that do? Yeah. What does it do? What can what can they do with the quantum realm? Mm-hmm. Or what do they think they can do with the quantum realm? What's their hope on the quantum does realm? Does that take you into like a is it alternate time universe? Is it, is it like a that's parallel so, thing? So yeah. that's what we're going to get is like, what are they hoping to accomplish with the quantum realm? And the other question is, okay, when they start going down this path, does this trigger Thanos at that point? Or is it once they go into that realm and do something, it triggers Thanos? Something like because they, they need it. They need the antagonist has to come back into this. Right? Well, that's <laughs> like, that's an interesting point because he hasn't made an appearance yet. Like in none of the trailers for this movie, he well, has not had a his gloves. His gloves fucked up. And yeah. He's hanging out in a field somewhere picking corn. So now, could it be a case of the antagonist? Like they 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 fight Thanos over and over and over. Well. In a sense, like they, it's not, they've already, it, the, it, they're already at the end, mm-hmm. hence the end game. So the only way to make it better is to go back or change something or fight with him previously. Maybe Thanos has regret about what he does and maybe he somehow, you know, lends a, a, a hand or something to them to help them. Like there's a lot, there could be another villain entirely. I th- still like the theory that because they start fucking around with the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. And they, they start to sort, sort their mess out. They end up in an alternate universe, but don't really realize they're in this alternate universe thinking they fixed everything. And everything is like 99% optics, right? And that's how we get the X-Men is because they're in a, a universe that seems right, but then all of a sudden there's this little fucking new element of mm-hmm. this mutation piece. That's all it takes, right? right? Well, that's all it takes. If you, One genetic change. If you can and, just throw in mutations... Yeah. That's the only piece they're missing, right? So you get mutations. But also, the fucking around the quantum realm draws or breaks down some piece and we end up with Galactus. Somehow Galactus manages to come from or through the quantum realm and ends up from one dimension into another and we end up with Galactus in our in our realm. Yeah, or, that, that, cause, cause I, or I, they I, do something. I'm thinking who the big baddie is going to be next. That's yeah. going to span a phase. If it ain't Galactus, who else you sell? Or even, you know, maybe... Maybe the finger snap, you know, at the end it's revealed that that's enough that it kind of alerts him to, like, he just kind of, like, turns in that direction of Earth because the power that came off of that finger snap with all the Infinity Stones was enough to draw his attention. Yeah, because he's the eater of universes and worlds, right? He's looking for fuel, right? So he's anywhere. Mm -hmm. So he's so big, he's past the cosmos. So he can be anywhere. So he doesn't have to come through the quantum realm. He could be drawn to it that way, whatever the case may be. But... I really do hope he's the bad guy. And the reason I hope he's the bad guy is it's it's giving me the chance to have fan, fan, a Fantastic Four done that I might like. I don't um, want it. That I might like. I think in the, this new Marvel universe. I don't universe, think Fantastic Four can be done. I just don't. No, I think in this Marvel universe it can be. Because they gave me a Spider-Man that I actually liked and I really don't like Spider-Man. So Yeah, but Spider-Man can be entertaining. Fantastic really? Four is boring. Until Tom Holland and Fiji, Fiji, sorry, I have despised every single Spider-Man movie I've seen. And the cartoon at and I'm best, the weird one? was at best the thing I liked was the cartoon. 
I, I like Galactus gives us a lot of potential and and you kind of need to bring a really big bad guy in because with Captain Marvel now, who the fuck else could you bring in that she couldn't just smoke anyways? Well, that's it. That's you, the other you, challenge, you either right? have to like, weaken her or have a bigger yeah. villain. Well, and the thing is, let's be smart about this. You want her through the next phase, right? You do, because she's a good actress and it's a good character and it's caught on fire already. And I think the plan is to have her lead for a while. So you're going to be looking at having her through at least a phase, right? But then you also got to think about the fact is, okay, how many phases do you want? Or just one or two? Like, what do you want to go with here? So we're, we're probably just going to go one and slowly build our X-Men. The X-Men will be the next phase. And by then you have all the money. Like, I don't fucking care what you do past that point. I don't think they care. So if that's the case... This phase is going to be around Captain Marvel leading the team and, and stepping the game up. But then as the, all these powers start to get really big, it's like, Jesus, that's getting to be a bit much. You bring Galactus in, who then outmatches those fucking powers. They max their powers out to deal with fucking Galactus, burns them out. Maybe they die. Maybe they don't die, sacrifice themselves, whatever. Galactus ends. So we end up with no Galactus at the end of that phase, but also these super powerful fucking characters are now out of the game too. So now the power bar kind of resets back down and your most powerful characters might be your X-Men. And now you go down this whole X-Men path and you get X-Men villains. Open that world up. You bring Doom in. Doom could be coming down that road. You can bring in the potential is a little bit greater, but with Captain Marvel there and what you've given us power wise, I think you've kind of knocked out a lot of villains you can bring in because I think she's just... Dr. Doom, that's great. She just fucking melts his face in his armor. Like, it's not a thing for her to really be a challenge. You have to bring something that's intergalactic. Yeah, but then how does... How do they do it on a regular basis in the comic books? I mean... They send Captain Captain Marvel off to other parts of the fucking universe. Exactly. Yeah. But the problem is, (laughs) you wiped out half the other fucking universe at this point already. Well, the snap was wiped they're going to restore that. The snaps wiped out half the, half the universe. Nova Corps doesn't exist. Wait, do we the know Cree, that for... The Kree don't exist anymore. Let's keep going here, boys. Yeah. There's no See, fucking Asgardians. That's, that's <laughs> there's what, no one out there. That's why it seems like there's the going to be... The giants are gone. There's going to be a reset because you're you're missing Asgard. You're missing... All the big powerful yeah. creatures are gone, right? She is the most powerful thing in the, in the universe uh, next to the gauntlet, which is now fucked up. So, And as much as they keep saying it, I really wouldn't be surprised that at the end of this movie, if they do, in fact, do some form of a reset, that they do, even if it's a last shot, they bring Loki back. I think he's too much of a fan favorite for them to leave him dead at the end of this. Well, I think he's coming back. We haven't seen we haven't seen um, Valkyrie in this yet. She, I think, she's, I think she's confirmed that she's coming back. She's going to be in this. Oh, she's going to be in this. And so um, we're going to see her... But they keep uh, alleging that Loki is dead, dead. No. I, I have a hard time. No fucking way. I could, okay. If you want to take it literally, yes, he's dead at this point. But to say that by the end of that movie, he doesn't somehow. Oh, show I up. still feel like the post credit scene or something, they'll do post credit probably. We're getting some shink, shink. I think we're getting some fucking Wolvie I Claws. It's too soon. Nope. I don't think it is they at don't, all. I don't, they don't even have the rights to it till next week. Yeah. Or is it this week? How long does it take them to take a fucking post-credit? It's not a shawarma so, scene. I mean, those, come on. It's going to take some time. Those motherfuckers probably already filmed it and just have it secretly in a vault right now. There's like a team of 12 who put it together. It doesn't have to be a big scene. They don't even have to give us the face of who it is. They can well, literally okay. give you a hand and a claw, and that's all you need to drive us nuts. Yeah, but do you want to see that? I thought we're that like, is my favorite character. What's of all the time. what's so is your point of view that then they're going to change something in the past so that the present mutants have been around up to the present? 
like going back to say the sixties. I'm saying it like they're going to fuck with the timeline to the point where they're going to take the 1990s X-Men and interject into that time frame where they're big and bold and colorful and there's a shitload of them. Okay, so you're you're not saying that mutants are going to start at present they're, day. They'll be you're there. saying something's going to change that they have they have already it's been gonna around. It's going to be like this. It's going to be like this. It's going to be okay, we everything like this is after we had this big fight scene and we've gone through this whole battle and shit's exploded and things gone fucking galactically crazy and we've we've collapsed everything and we've destroyed the stones we've traveled through to destroy the stones or whatever we've ended it all we fucking kill thanos and all this shit some crazy thing happens and then they're like okay like the dust is settling and they're they're taking stock of who's dead and you know stark is dead and you know what's happened and they're and the whole thing's settling in like this is this is where they are now this is the 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 realm they're in shit's happened they can't get back to the quantum realm now because some some fucking thing has happened like this is where they are and they're taking stock of the whole thing and then even if they draw it out a little bit for us where it's just like okay like everyone's settling back into their lives and like it's like a week later i think this is supposed to be the longest marvel movie so that's very possible no no and then like they're selling into this fucking thing and all that and all of a sudden there's like the corner of a floating fucking wheelchair and then a hand comes down from the other side of the screen and out comes the claws shink and there's a light there's a glow red in the screen and they're like who are you we get some voiceover thing and that's it and we're like what the fuck is that and look all of a sudden we got like the x-men have arrived to fucking find them the only problem with that is they would have to sh- something whatever the changes that would bring them back would have to happen after the big battle because otherwise wouldn't the x-men get involved if they were already no, around. the big battle like I feel like it's gonna be one of those ones where like they're battling through the fucking realm and they keep landing on like a timeline and a planet and a realm and they so so it's it's the the cause of it or or whatever the x men the, the the mutant thing would happen after the battle. So they wouldn't be around for the battle, is yeah, what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, like consider the battle, battle, like, down a fucking hallway, and they keep going in and all these doors, and each door is, like, a different realm, and then all of a sudden, they get through one of these doors, and the battle happens to end in that fucking realm, but due to the ending of that battle, they can't go back to the door anymore. So now this is where they are, and they all end up in this fucking thing, and whoever's there is there, and maybe the people are either dead, like, they're taking stock of the fucking wake of the damage in this realm, and there's no way back into through the quantum realm or any way to come back now they're trapped and all of a sudden they're in this world where the mutants completely fucking exist so them having powers isn't strange to anybody whatsoever so are you implying the 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 remaining living avengers are now not in their own they're in they're in almost the exact same similar they're in a similar realm where the mutants exist and it looks everything's fucking almost exactly the same except these mutants actually exist now they've been there the whole time what if they introduce some form of a parallel universe that mutants are existing in and the quantum realm the bridge explodes or breaks or something and they merge and well that's it maybe the fight connects the two fucking realms yeah like that's the thing. okay so back to my theory of instead of multiple realms there's just the two they're traveling between and in that travel they've now destroyed the quantum realm which merges the two together or again it could just be time travel <laughs> yeah so they go back and something changes and sets off the mutant gene. I don't know. That one's going to be harder. Speculation at this you know point. You crazy? That I actually think that's a harder explanation than merging two fucking realms. Because the trigger, like, how do they not trigger something so simplistic before? You know what I mean? Like, it's so hard to, for me to, you really, for me, you're reaching on that cell. At least if you take the quantum realm and visualize it as a bridge 
and you tear that bridge to the point where yeah. it connects the two. I can believe that based on some of the shit you've already told me. Maybe um, the Power Stone gets brought back in time and interacts with some interacts with humans in some way and affects them because it had never been on Earth before. But they go back in time and blow Wakanda up early. I, <laughs> so instead of Wakanda becoming a mountain, it just blows the fuck up. Well, I wasn't going to say that, but I'm just saying. I don't know. The, the, the cool part is that we get to have this fun. We get to play with these theories and be like, any of this shit's possible. And we, we'd be happy with any of it. And honestly, whatever they're going to give us, we're going to be happy with. I just really hope I, I, I want you to I want you to tease the shit out of me that you're going to give me mutants, but I accept the fact that you're going to make me wait four movies before I get any. <laughs> I'm cool with that. That's like two years. The way the schedule is now, it's like over two years. Yeah. I'm cool with that, but tease the shit of them to me all the way from now till then. Like, just just do it. Give me stupid little Easter eggs. Give me a really big Easter egg. Give me some weird shit. Like, like the the new iron girl who she's working on a prototype floating fucking wheelchair for somebody but they don't tell us who it is like just give me that stuff like you know and it's like oh are you curious come on like that's i know what that is and and just give me that give me that give me that yeah i want that shit that's fun so what are we at now we are a month and a week yeah yeah like 34 close it's pretty crazy man it's like over 10 years it was 10 years last year. 2008 was Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. Pretty crazy, isn't it? Somebody said it, and and Stacy and I laughed, but then kind of thought about it. They said, this is the cinematic event of our generation. I think it's a and cinematic event of all generations. And I thought, well, maybe. No, I mean, it, certainly for length it is. No, I think you got to really think about this for a second. I don't man. know for impact that it is. Oh, I argue that because this is the one. I, this has gone across all generations that currently watch film right now. I don't believe that. There's I know a lot of people. Know, our parents age that don't watch. These I movies. know. I know. Sixty year old construction workers that make a point to go to the, the movies to watch this with their grandkids mm. and for themselves, not just for the grandkids. This has been an intergenerational thing. It has changed um, society's perspective on nerds being cool. This like it's you know, hey, it certainly has. It is not a shameful thing to be embracing your nerd. Yeah, but I don't think these movies had that, that massive to do with it. part of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Matt, this has been a beacon that that serves as a neutral point for people that have similar interests and dissimilar interests. You can be someone has nothing to really care about the nerd culture, and you can be a massive nerd fan, and this is a common ground. These films have become that common ground. Everyone is watching them. Mainstream is all over them. They're part of life and culture. They're referenced as part of pop culture really religiously and have been for almost a decade now. So biggest Hollywood, some of Hollywood's biggest actors have now embraced this culture. It has created so many level playing fields in this world. It is it is very, very... Looking back, this is going to be huge. And nothing in modern day... Fuck that. Anything since the Industrial Revolution has not had this wide scope of reach and consistent impact. Consistent. Nothing's been this consistent other than fucking diseases. Like, literally, it has not slowed down. It has only gained momentum. It has not paused... It has not had reset. It hasn't had major tragedies. It hasn't had, you know, horrible, you know, we haven't had a Harvey Weinstein. We haven't had anything. Like this has gone a decade of continual perpetual movement forward and up 
a series of steps getting better and bigger every day, bringing people together for a fucking decade. There is nothing like that. We've not seen anything in society like that. I think your glasses have more of a rose tint than mine. Uh, no, I think that this has a I think there's big... been several hiccups in the Marvel Universe, and I, I, I don't think they're as perfect as you're making them out to be. But what hiccups? I, well, we've already gone over my, my Thor. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, yeah, Dark World. <laughs> well, that's the easy one. I'm, I'm just saying, I don't know. It's it's a big statement to make. I, I You'd have to really... I do, but if you look at what Hollywood tends to put out, it's it's mediocre on average the majority of time. And then you get a few special films over the course of the year. And over time, it's gotten even worse where these special films are really just award show-driven, kind of, in some cases, unfortunately. And uh, the impact... I mean, I, there used to be, you know, maybe half a dozen movies a year that would have a major lasting impact and that five years later, people still gave a shit about. Um, if that many, if that many, really. I mean, how many Shawshank Redemptions, you know, how do you really recall on an annual basis? You know, is there really one a year that lasts the this, this test of time? You look at that and I'm not saying the MC universe is life-changing, but their lasting and staying power is insane. The messaging in it is their comic book messaging, which at the core is like the basics of humanity. It's some really good shit. Some common, good, kind, easy shit. And they're good classic hero, villain, common good. Like all those good storylines, the things that extend and those guys and Jim Lee and all those guys have built in those stories. There's a reason they last. And they're putting away now that they're going to be timeless. Like in 10, 15 years, we're still going to be going back and watching Iron Man 2. And we're going to go back and put on, I mean, Iron Man 2, Guardians 1. And we're going to put on, but whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're there. I don't know if we'll be doing comic book movies in 10 years. I'm going to call it now. And we have it on audio that we will. I think we'll be fizzled out by then. No. I don't think it can sustain another 10 years. I think comic books are going to go from. The comic book movie, the comic book industry will be gone in 10 years. I guarantee that. There'll be independent comics, but Marvel won't be producing like physical copies anymore. No, Marvel will Disney or DC, maybe. I don't know. But I, I, Marvel apparently is in huge trouble right now for their, their actual Well, because they put everything in. Yeah. Yeah. But what I see them doing is that their intellectual properties will be online fuel for their online based and they will be completely done in a universe that is television and film. Mm-hmm. They will switch to that entire world. And we will get all their shit in television and film and all their intellectual property that comes with them and all those writers and, and imagineers that they have will be working in that world, in that vein. And I think we'll still get comic book movies because I swear to God, they will build an entire fucking park at Disney just to, based on comic books and that will keep it alive because it'll take them 15 years to build that. Dude, they're making an Avatar theme park and that's not going to keep me watching James, Avatar. If James Cameron can make six more movies. He can't. It's not going to happen. They're made. I'm calling it right now. They are not made. He said two and three are done. That I believe. Right? And then four, five, and six, which I don't even feel like that needed to be said. I feel like I just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck you're going to give me in two and three that I'm going to care about. But anyways, four, five, and six... Which I'm just assuming it's not, it's not happening. It's I'm, not I'm, happening. I'm assuming he's turned Avatar into roots. I think he's just he gonna keep going. <laughs> dementia. I think there's no way that's happening. But but in all seriousness, I'd take three more Terminator movies before I take three more Avatar <laughs> movies. Like, come on. Whatever it boils down to, he's he's doing it and they've given them money to do can it. Can I have Titanic 
two and three. I mean, it's I'd take five, that. Five, six. I could, I, fine, skip it. I want Titanic five and six. I don't <laughs> want two. I don't want three or four. I could take two, three, but someone's got to really work hard to sell me on five and six. Um, but but in all seriousness, if, if they've given him, and you think how long he's had that property to play with that no one gives a shit about, I can't believe in 10 years we won't have comic book movies. Yeah, I but the thing is, he made one movie and it made a boatload of money. They haven't tested that again. And when that second movie comes out and does not do that well, which I'm calling it right now, it won't. Oh, God, no. I don't know it about that third movie, but if they've already made it, they may have to put it out. The second movie won't do as well as they need it to to make up for the money they spent on three and four or whatever the fuck they're doing. And they'll be like, oh, my God, we've gone down this rabbit hole and didn't think this through. <laughs> I mean, the one thing with the MCU is like they're making the movies so fast that if they start to see the decline, they'll spot it quick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how we got on this Avatar thing. Well, but no, but this, this goes back to the point with the Marvel Universe, the MCU, is that the way they're they're building the product and doing what they're doing, it has the ability to be corrected if it steers off course a little bit. So if it's starting to go away that it isn't working with society anymore or it's getting to that point you say it's burning out, they have the ability to do course correction. And if they need to inject a all-female superheroine movie, they could do that. If they need to bring new property on screen, they can bring new property Alpha on Alpha Flight. But, but that's the thing. They can bring new property on screen. I, I just think they've got... And because they get to redo the X-Men. If you take X-Men, Fantastic Four, okay? You take... You keep Spider-Man in that realm. And I don't know. You, you, you pick who you want from the MCU that kind of lasts in there. Or what new characters you bring in for the, the rest of your MCU. I'm sure people are screaming stuff. But... You can do another 10 years just on that. I'm not saying they won't have the content. I'm just not thinking the audience is going to be able to hang on for that long. No one thought we'd do this. No one thought 10 years later, people would still give a shit about Robert Downey Jr. being Iron Man and being snuffed out of a film if that's going to be the case. And that's one of the biggest debates online right now. No one thought that would happen. And here we are doing it. Amongst the 7,000 other podcasts having the same conversation about whether we're going to lose Robert Downey Jr. or not in this movie. Well, we are. I mean, it's he's done one way or the other. Whether he lives or dies, he's done. But that's the point I'm getting at. Like, no one called that. Here we are doing it. I think it's only going to go. And it's going to be in 10 years' time. We're going to be like, well, we we liked it when Chris Hemsworth was Thor, not this Jane Foster. And, like, it's going to be this fucking weird shit that we're going to be able to do with it. And it's still going to be there. Star Trek. I'm just all going to say Star Trek. Star Trek was what sixty fucking years of Star Trek. Yeah, but it, they've essentially rebooted that each time. Like we're not, or it's been different generations. So it's right, different phases. Maybe we want to call it different phases. No, with some different characters, no. some different abilities, and a no, different it's ship. Not the same thing. Slightly adjusted ship. Slightly done, adjusted characters. Is- slightly adjusted captain. And all <clears> of a sudden, <throat> we get a whole new phase. I don't know, but maybe the recipe was already there. <laughs> I'm burned out already. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so we have a month and a half or a little bit uh, to go for Avengers. Looking forward to that. That's about all we got coming up big right now. Uh, anything else you want to add before we chime out? Oh, we got to give a shout out to Deadly Grounds. If you listened to our episode where we did all the taste testing for the coffee and you heard Still that buzzing. we loved like almost every flavor and definitely have our favorites uh, from Deadly Grounds or the 8-Bit Beans brand and you want some yourself, you can go to deadlygroundscoffee.ca 
and use the promo code HAPPYZEN, H-A-P-P-Y-X-E-N, and you'll get 15% off your entire order. And any orders over 80 bucks get free shipping. That's right. So... So it sounds like a lot, but when you really get hooked on this coffee, 80 bucks is pretty no. much just an average spend. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even just coffee. You can get their mugs. Uh, all, they, all, oh, they got all kinds cool of cool stuff. T-shirts and stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. And you got a, you got a mixture of gaming, 8-bit gaming style, uh, you know, nostalgic genre around the uh, uh, flavors for the beans and all that. Uh, the mugs and all that stuff they have with it. And then you have the horror-themed uh, piece out of the Deadly Grounds that have the two different genres. So, I mean, like, if you like both, if you like one or the other, I'm assuming with our fan base, it's one or the other or both in most cases. Uh, this is totally awesome stuff to hook up. So, yep. and uh, I realized yesterday my, my kids have been away home for my March break and I think they have consumed, well, not both of them, my oldest, I think it's consumed all of my coffee again. So good news. They're open. Well, not right now, but yeah. they will be tomorrow. Well, I'm just going to go online and use my promo code Happy Zen. There you go. DeadlyGroundsCoffee.ca. Promo code Happy Zen, fifteen percent off. Check it out. Give them a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Deadly Grounds uh, to see what their new beans that they release and flavors that are putting new stuff out all the time. And they, uh, it's worth a look. And then you see what they're up to. What Brad and the guys are doing over at Eight Bit is pretty cool too with their Twitch and that. So take a peek. Brad never stops doing stuff. It tires me out just watching. So yeah, right on. And you can check us out uh, Twitter, Instagram. We are at Happy Zen Podcast. Facebook Happy Zen Podcast and HappyZen.com's website has. Everything, social media, episodes, all that fun stuff. Until next time. Shinky shink.